Chapter 25 Escaping Babylon, Gathering Out into Pre-Established Places of Refuge For the day of my visitation cometh speedily in an hour when ye, not, when ye think not of, and where shall be the safety of my people, and refuge for those who shall be left of them. Doctrine and Covenants 124.10 Historians and scriptorians seem to be the first to recognize the cycles of history that repeat themselves over and over again. All of these cycles serve as recognizable patterns and templates that foreshadow the destruction that is about to come upon us here in our day. The last part of the day of the Gentiles, which is the first half of the dispensation of the fullness of times. A few are awakening in miraculous ways now to an awareness of their awful situation. Since the days of Adam and Eve, the pattern has been repeated countless times of communities and or entire nations that have been destroyed as they ripen in iniquity. In almost all cases, the few humble, righteous, and obedient children of God that remain in the corrupted societies are removed out of Babylon into places of refuge prepared for them by the Lord just before the cleansing and destruction sets in. For example, in the days of the seven great pre-Diluvian patriarchs, the wickedness, warfare, and strife was so severe that those other than Noah and his seven companions who were to survive the great flood all escaped Babylon and fled to the city of Enoch for safety. The inhabitants of the holy city over time were justified, sanctified, and perfected in Christ, then translated into incorruptible bodies prior to being lifted up into the heavens to await the time designated for both them and their holy city to descend from the heavens to take their rightful place as a suburb or companion city to the new Jerusalem. Likewise, the families of Lehi and Ishmael were warned to leave Jerusalem prior to its destruction, which took place approximately 584 years prior to the birth of Christ. The Jaredites were led out of Babylon prior to the destruction of their society, the fall of the great tower and the confusing of the languages and they were led into the promised land of americas lot and his family escaped sodom and gomorrah just before its destruction by fire called down from the heavens at the time the missourians were to increase their persecution of the latter-day saints and completely overrun nauvoo the saints were taken to a place of refuge prepared for them far away in the mountains of the west these are just a few examples of this pattern that repeats itself in history. There are approximately 50 different cases found in the scriptural record of instances in which the Lord gathers the children of light out of the world into a place of safety, at which they can be further sanctified as a group of people. Another interesting pattern that emerges is how the Lord, not in all, but in most cases, uses the armies of wicked nations to destroy those nations who have sufficiently ripened in their own iniquity. The list of examples of this pattern is quite lengthy. A few exceptions would be cases like the destruction of the majority of the inhabitants of the Americas in the year 34 AD, as recorded in the 8th and 9th chapters of 3rd Nephi, Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Great Flood in the days of Noah. In W. Cleon Skousen's book, The Cleansing of America, along with a number of others, he chronicled a wide variety of aspects of which we have already been informed by the prophets and the scriptures. The United States of America, its God-given constitution, and inspired founding fathers were all provided during a period in which the vast majority of Americans were God-fearing, Bible-toting, respectable citizens. 
All of this has devolved into an age of popularizing atheism and implementing secular humanism. God is dead, or the only God that exists is the self-God. Man must be his own savior, is their watch cry. Hence, there is no need for an external redeemer. Since no act is sin in and of itself, there is no law. The concept of effectual prayer and receiving personal revelation is avoided or buried in the dogma of the day. Miracles are dead and a host of others. Lies have been explained away or have explained away truth in its entirety. That great tribulation which is about to hit in full force is by all means a global event. The Lord assigned John the Beloved and a few others to describe it. But the book of Revelation by John was intended to be one of the main discourses to cover these last days. Not to say that amazing things won't be happening throughout the world, but as we enter into the 13th month war, which some refer to as the Yellow War or World War III, our focus in this chapter will be on what is going to happen right here in America. The United States of America has come full circle, covering almost every mark in that great cycle, with leads from reverence of God and freedom into abject destruction. We have allowed the secret combinations to completely infiltrate and subvert our Congress, Senate, education system, etc. We are the number one economy of pornography on planet Earth, measured into the billions of dollars per year. The U.S. and China take the top prizes in abortion and mass genocide among the unborn. The United States has a much higher percentage of its citizens per capita incarcerated than any other country in the world. In fact, we have been ha- in fact, we have more of our own in jail and prison per capita than any other industrialized nation in the world. We have a higher percentage of our population serving as lawyers than any other country on the planet. Our homegrown pharmaceutical cartel is a system designed to treat symptoms with synthetic drugs to perpetuate illness and maximize profits rather than to cure disease or maintain health and well-being. Perhaps President Boyd K. Packer summed up the status of the United States quite well when he said, I am sorry to, a quote, I am sorry to tell you that it will not get better, unquote. He goes on to say, quote, I know of nothing in the history of the church or in the history of the world to compare with our present circumstances. Nothing happened in Sodom and Gomorrah which exceeds the wickedness and depravity which surrounds us now. Words of profanity, vulgarity, and blasphemy are heard everywhere. Unspeakable wickedness and perversions were once hidden in dark places. Now they are in the open and even accorded legal protection. At Sodom and Gomorrah, these things were localized. Now they are spread across the world, and they are among us." About five months after the church was organized on September 26, 1830, section 29 of the Doctrine and Covenants was given to provide a list in verses 14 to 21 of the signs, plagues, and desolations that will precede the second coming. However, in verses 7 and 8 of section 29, he makes it very clear that there is to be a gathering of the saints just prior to that time. Verse 7, And ye are called to bring to pass the gathering of mine elect, for mine elect hear my voice and harden not their hearts. Verse 8, Wherefore the decree hath gone forth from the Father, that they shall be gathered in unto one place upon the face of this land, to prepare their hearts and be prepared in all things against the day when tribulation and desolation are sent forth upon the wicked. 
In the Documentary History of the Church, uh, section 4, page 272, or maybe volume 4, page 272, we find the following quote from Joseph Smith, Jr., Quote, in addition to all temporal blessings, there is no other way for the saints to be saved in the last days than by gathering, unquote. Also, we are told in Doctrine and Covenants 38, 28 to 31, verse 28. And again, I say unto you that the enemy in the secret chambers seeketh your lives. Verse 29. Ye hear of wars in far countries, and you say that there will soon be great wars in far countries, but ye know not the hearts of men in your own land. Verse 30, I tell you these things because of your prayers, wherefore treasure up wisdom in your bosoms, lest the wickedness of men reveal these things unto you by their wickedness in a manner which shall speak in your ears with a voice louder than that which shall shake the earth. But if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. Verse 31, and that ye might escape the power of the enemy and be gathered unto me a righteous people without spot and blameless. Doctrine and Covenants 58, 55 through 56 also tells us, verse 55, Let all these things be done in order, and let the, land, and let the privileges of the lands be made known from time to time by the bishop or the agent of the church. Verse 56, And let the work of the gathering be not in haste, nor by flight. But let it be done as it shall be, counseled by the elders of the church at the conferences, according to the knowledge which they receive from time to time. From the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, section 2, page 71, we have the following quote. Quote, for without Zion and a place of deliverance, we must fall because the time is near when the sun will be darkened and the moon turned to blood and the stars fall from the heaven and the earth reel to and fro. Then if this is the case, and if we are not sanctified and gathered to the places God has appointed with all our former professions and our great love for the Bible, we must fall. We cannot stand. We cannot be saved, for God will gather out his saints from the Gentiles, and then comes desolation and destruction, and none can escape except the pure in heart who are gathered. Unquote. About three years after the end of World War III, Harold B. Lee stood up to the pulpit in April General Conference 1948 and presented the saints and the world with the following sermon. <clears throat> Quote, Thus clearly the Lord has placed the responsibility for directing the work of gathering in the hands of the leaders of the church to whom he will reveal his will, where and when such gatherings would take place in the future. It would be well before the frightening events concerning the fulfillment of all God's promises and predictions are upon us that the saints in every land prepare themselves and look forward to the instruction that shall come to them from the first presidency of this church as to where they shall be gathered and not be disturbed in their feelings until such instruction is given to them, as it is revealed by the Lord to the proper authority." Unquote. The teachings of the Old Testament prophet Joel are comprised in just three chapters, but interestingly enough, all three of the chapters of Joel address events that directly precede the second coming of the Lord of hosts. Perhaps the finest contribution of the prophet Joel is the promise that the faithful will be delivered so that they can escape the pouring out of the wrath of God. Here are his words as found in Joel 2:30 through 32. Verse 30, And I will shew wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Verse 31, The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. 
Verse 32, And it shall come to pass that what whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. The entirety of the 21st chapter of Luke is devoted to the words of the Lord regarding the signs to precede his second coming. However, of particular interest are the two places in the 21st chapter that address fleeing into the mountains and being worthy to escape the tribulations as they beset the people. These scriptures come to us from Luke 21, verses 20 to 23, with emphasis added. Verse 20, And when you shall see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Verse 21, Emphasis, Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter into enter thereunto. And emphasis. Verse 22. For these may be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Verse 23. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. Verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with, suf- with surfighting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares. Verse 35, For as a snare shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Verse 36, emphasis added, Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And emphasis. Come out of her, my people, that ye receive not of her plagues. Revelation 18.4 tells us, Come out in Greek means exodus. Likewise, we read in Alma 26.6-8, Verse 6, Yea, they shall not be beaten down by the storm at the last day. Yea, neither shall they be harrowed up by the whirlwinds. Emphasis added, But when the storm cometh, they shall be gathered together in their place, that the storm cannot penetrate to them. Yea, neither shall they be driven with fierce winds, whithersoever the enemy listeth to carry them. End emphasis. Verse 7, Emphasis added, But behold, they are in the hands of the Lord of the harvest, and they are his, and he will raise them up at the last day. And emphasis. Verse 8. Blessed be the name of our God. Let us sing to his praise. Yea, let us give thanks to his holy name, for he doth work righteousness forever. Elder H. Aldridge of the Second Quorum of the Seventy said, we must both uh, quote, we must both learn that these signs are and then what these signs are, and then identify them correctly when they occur. They can and will strengthen our faith in Christ and his prophets if we know the scriptures. Emphasis added, just in the days of Noah, a way is already prepared for the escape of the Lord's alleged Latter-day Saints if they are in tune with his prophets. And emphasis, end quote. Additionally, Doctrine and Covenants 45, 39-44 teaches, Verse 39, And it shall come to pass that he that feareth me shall be looking forth for the great day of the Lord to come, even for the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. Verse 40, And they shall see signs and wonders, for they shall be shown forth in the heavens above 
and in the earth beneath. Verse 41. And they shall behold blood and fire and vapors of smoke. Verse 42. And before the day of the Lord shall come, the sun shall be darkened and the moon be turned into blood and the stars fall from the he- from heaven. Verse 43. Emphasis added. And the remnant shall be gathered unto this place. And emphasis. Verse 44. And they... And then they shall look for me, and behold, I will come, and they shall see me in the clouds of heaven, clothed with power and great glory, with all the holy angels, and he that watches not for me shall be cut off. The great earthquake and the tsunami it sent crashing into the coast around the Indian Ocean is just the beginning, and a part of what is to come, terrible as it was. You remember the words from Doctrine and Covenants 88-91, which now seem so accurate. Verse 88, and after your testimony cometh wrath and indignation upon the people. 89, for after your testimony cometh the testimony of earthquakes that shall cause groanings in the midst of her, and men shall fall upon the ground and shall not be able to stand. Verse 90, and also cometh the testimony of the voice of thunderings and the voice of lightnings and the voice of tempests and the voice of waves of the sea heaving themselves beyond their bounds. Verse 91, And all things shall be in commotion, and surely men's heart shall fail them, for fear shall come upon all people. Fear shall come upon all people, but you and I know that the Lord has prepared places of safety to which he is eager to guide us. It will be our choice, whether or not to move up or to stay where we are. But the Lord will invite and guide us upward by the direction of the Holy Ghost. In Revelation 12, 14, we are taught, verse 14, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she emphasis that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and emphasis and times and a half and a half time from the face of the serpent from the face of the serpent and finally let's read from doctrine and covenants 97 23 to 26 verse 23 The Lord's scourge shall pass over by night and by day, and the report thereof shall vex all people. Yea, it shall not be stayed until the Lord come. Verse 24, For the indignation of the Lord is kindled against their abominations and all their wicked works. Verse 25, Emphasis added, Nevertheless, Zion shall escape if she observe to do all things whatsoever I have commanded her. And emphasis, verse 26, Emphasis added, But if she observe not to do whatsoever I have commanded her, I will visit her according to all her works, with sore affliction, with pestilence, with plague, with sword, with vengeance, with devouring fire. End emphasis. Hymn 319, Ye Elders of Israel. Ye Elders of Israel, come join now with me, and seek out the righteous where'er they may be, in desert, on mountain, on land, or on sea, and bring them to Zion, the pure and the free. O Babylon, O Babylon, we bid thee farewell. We're going to the mountains of Ephraim to dwell. The harvest is great and the laborers are few, but if we're united, we all things can do. We'll gather the wheat from the midst of the tares and bring them from bondage, from sorrows and snares. O Babylon, O Babylon, we bid thee farewell. We're going to the mountains of Ephraim to dwell. We'll go to the poor, like our captain of old, and visit the weary, the hungry, and cold. Will cheer up their hearts with news, with the news that he bore, and point them to Zion and life evermore. 
O Babylon, O Babylon, we bid thee farewell. We're going to the mountains of Ephraim to dwell.